Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. This morning, God's grace transforms the life. John 3, verse 7. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The great truth of the conversion of the heart by the Holy Spirit is presented in Christ's words to Nicodemus. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's John 3, 3 through 6. It's by the renewing of the heart that the grace of God works to transform the life. No mere external exchange is sufficient to bring us into harmony with God. He wants to be a genuine, thorough work all the way through to our heart, doesn't he? Not, some, not just a, merely an external change. There's many who try to reform by just correcting this bad habit or that bad habit. And they hope in this way to become Christians, but they're beginning in the wrong place. Our first work is with our heart. The leaven of truth works secretly. It works silently and steadily to transform the soul. What does the leaven of truth? Leaven is like yeast. Well, truth is like yeast. It works secretly, silently, and steadily and transforms our soul. The natural inclinations are softened. They're subdued. New thoughts, new feelings, new motives are implanted. A new standard of character is set up. The life of Christ. That's our new standard of character. And what does it mean to be implanted versus planted? I, I didn't look that up before I got on, so I'll have to save that for later. But you might want to check yourself. The difference between be something being planted or implanted. <clears throat> oh, it's like you have a, uh, a new organ implanted, right? I think. So something in its perfect condition is put right in you. Not like a seed or something is planted in the ground. It grows slowly. But if an organ is implanted and put in you in its wholeness, mm, we'll think about that. A new standard of character is set up. This new standard of character is implanted. The life of Christ, the mind is changed. The faculties are aroused to action in new lines. Man is not endowed with new faculties. The faculties that he has, those are your abilities that you have of your mind, your talents, your abilities to do things in your mind. They're sanctified. The conscience is awakened. The scriptures are the great agency in this transformation of character. So Christ prayed, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. John 17, 17, that was his great and wonderful prayer that's so beautiful. If studied in that whole John 17 is wonderful. Go ahead and read it if you want to later. If studied and obeyed, so the word of God, it works in our heart. It subdues every unholy attribute. The Holy Spirit comes to convict of sin. And the faith that springs up in the heart works by love to Christ. That's why he wants to get our heart. Then we work by love. That's why just mere legalism does not work. 
because that does not include a heart work. But it works by love to Christ, conforming us, body, soul, and spirit, to his will. Man sees his danger. He sees, okay, we see we need a change of character, a change of heart. He's stirred. His fears are aroused. The Spirit of God is working in him. So when your fears are aroused, you can know the Spirit of God is working in you. And with fear and trembling, he works for himself, seeking to find out his defects of character. This is the work we are to do. Seek to find out our defects of character. Don't be afraid. And to see what he can do to bring about the needed change in his life. And this change in our life is important. It's very important. As maybe you'll learn later, I'll tell a little story that you'll understand better. He confesses his sins to God, and if he has injured anyone, he confesses the wrong to the one he has injured. He acts in harmony with the spirits working, and his conversion is genuine. And this is actually a cellular information knowledge change happening in his body, his mind, and his character is being developed. So, <clears throat> we read that. Except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. John 3, 3 through 6. So John is comparing our physical birth to our parents. We were born to our parents physically. He's comparing that to the spiritual birth that we need in order to join God's family in the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 2. Oh, I think 11 through 15. 1 Corinthians 2. 11 through 16, maybe. Okay. Um, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So, when we're born basically of our parents, we have our nature that we got from our parents. But when we, we just read that, um, the spiritual birth we are born of the spirit and so that's the knowledge of the spirit of God but we can't have it unless we have his spirit and verse 12 says that now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God and that's why so that we can know things he gives us his spirit we'll have be born of the spirit and um Verse 13 says that we then speak those things and we're able to compare spiritual things with spiritual. Let's read that. Which things also we speak, not in, in the words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Then, okay, so we're able to compare spiritual things with spiritual. And we then, in verse 14, as verse 14 says, the spiritual things are spiritually discerned. So we can discern things that are spiritual because we have the Spirit of God. And verse 15 says, when we receive the Spirit, we all, we all have discernment or judgment, it says. It's, dis, it's translated as discernment in my margin. Because verse 16 says, we have the mind of Christ. So when we're born again, okay, we receive the mind of Christ. We're born in the Spirit. From these verses, I believe that we may infer that when we're born again, that's when we receive the mind of Christ. This is then referred to as the change of heart of our, from our reading. Oh, yeah. 
God transforms the life. The transformation of the life. So we turn from our unrighteousness to righteousness. Because of the discernment of the spirit of Christ, the mind of Christ, he gives us. And we can choose right now because we can see we're not blind. We've had our eyes anointed with eyes to have, like counseled by the true witness in Revelation 3.18. Buy of me eyes to have that thou mayest see, Jesus says. He's the true witness in Revelation 3.18. This eyes have when we're born again. We're born of the Spirit. Our part is to receive Jesus, to rely on his merits, to exercise true faith. So by repentance, we receive pardon. So cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Separate from the world. Yet we retain our fallen nature till Jesus comes and we are transformed. We will have to fight the good fight, as Paul says in 1 Timothy 6.12. Fighting the good fight, bravely and cheerfully engage in this warfare. Fighting against natural inclinations. Natural because it's our nature to desire. And we must resist through faith in Christ, firmly following the path of holiness. We read that we cannot transform ourselves by the exercise of our will. The right use of our will is key for victory. The right use of our will, whenever we are tempted, is our key. This is when we decide who we belong to right now and to give our will to Jesus. We can say, Jesus, please take my naughty heart and give me your pure, clean heart. I give you my will. Please give me this victory. And then we've given Jesus permission to work in our lives to give us the victory. But we have to use our will properly, and that will is used to give it to Jesus. So, um... We read that we cannot transform ourselves by the exercise of our will. And I want to give you an example. Okay, so um, a youth required an organ transplant of a lung. And he, he began to notice this strong desire to drink alcohol. I know you've heard about that before, receiving an organ transplant. And suddenly you find you like the same things that the person, the donor, liked, right? And... The donor of the lung was a drinker, he discovered when searching, and the very cells of his lung carried this information. And when, when put into this boy's body, it began to send the messages to his mind. It kicked in and began to function. He needed the lung and now, uh, to breathe and to live, so, but he couldn't take it out. What, what would happen if he got somebody else's lung? Who knows what he would get? So uh, now because of this fallen nature inclination, he had to fight a battle with desire in order to gain this victory over alcohol. He had faith in Jesus' ability to give him victory. He cooperated by resisting. By his resisting, he was creating new pathways in his cells. Jesus worked in his body through the process of creating new information in the cells and the old cells eventually were replaced. And this process is something Jesus has given our bodies the ability to do, but it requires patience and um, firmness on our part to resist temptations and that's not an easy thing I'm not saying it's easy it's not and sometimes we fail and have to go back again and again this is an actual physical process and why that we must engage in this warfare trust Jesus he can strengthen you to win the victory sometimes it can be a miraculous deliverance that's happened many times in people's lives they just suddenly lost the taste for something 
we read that our first work is the heart, in, is with the heart. And the word of God will subdue every unholy attribute. Praise the Lord. So part of, uh, once we give him our will and ask for victory, our work is to go to his word, reading the, the verses that can give us this um, confidence. And it will subdue every unholy attribute. There's a promise in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So as we read this morning in God's word, let's learn how to walk in his ways and trust in him, for he is faithful. Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your word. I just pray that it will go forth and bless and edify many this morning and that we can take hold of understanding the proper use of our will and Lord that we would give you our heart and trust that you have a hope for our future for us thank you Jesus these things I pray in your name for your sake amen thanks brothers and sisters God bless you I hope to see you in the morning <laughs>